All right. So I brought you in here, Kevin, all this way, all this way to be live on this Zoom platform. And the question we've all been waiting for, which one? You got to pick one, life or death, iPhone or Android? I'm, I'm on iPhone. Team iPhone wins again. I swear. I swear. This, this system is rigged. It is well, here's the thing. I'm not like the biggest fan of Apple. In fact, Apple really, really frustrates me. But I think they just, they really pulled off something where once you're familiar with the ecosystem and you're used to like iOS, you know, you're used to iMessage, you have a MacBook, then it's, it's game over. You know, it's like, it's like heroin, you know, it's not the best thing for you, but uh, you, you still have to get it anyway. So I'm, uh, I'm one of those irrational buyers for Apple. Awesome. Well, Kevin Zing, everybody, if you're tuning in to one of the podcast platforms, you want to put a face to the name, be sure to check him out at kevinzang.com forward slash learn. And that's spelled Z-H-A-N-G. And over there right now, he's giving out free trainings on how to bootstrap an e-commerce brand from scratch. And you know a thing or two about that, huh? Uh, yeah, I would <laughs> started, say so a little bit. Started off with... Uh, Three grand to be exact, right? Yeah, $3,000 in my bank account. And on top of that, I had quite a bit of credit card debt and also mm -hmm. student loans from a very expensive private university. And uh, within a year, I was successfully able to generate $20 million in sales. I built a team of over 50 remote-based employees and also um, added three facilities in, in three different countries to, to our organization as well. So crazy, crazy year. Yeah, so you turned down essentially, or you stopped working at a big time consulting agency, right? Just to yeah, do this. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I graduated college in May 2018 from okay. Vanderbilt University. Worked very, very hard throughout those four years to, to get like what was one of the most sought after jobs um, for all of my peers. It's a company sure. called McKinsey, and it's, they're basically the world's number one management consulting. Uh, firm. I was going to get paid six figures right out of college at age 22. Like it's one of those jobs that everyone kind of dies for on, on campus. And last minute, I kind of had a midlife crisis in my last semester yes. of college and just, you know, really realized like this, this corporate ladder is not what's going to give me fulfillment and happiness. And um, yep, I decided to quit my job actually before I even started. So I, so I got the job offer and I gave it up before I even started moved into my parents' basement huh. and started uh, my path into entrepreneurship. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stories of people quitting afterwards, but you didn't even step foot inside, inside their office? So I did a summer internship with them. Okay. Turned into a full-time offer, and I actually mm -hmm. really enjoyed my summer internship. Like, if I were to go work for someone, it would definitely be that firm. Uh, you know, great, great people motivated, smart, a great culture. Like I have nothing but very positive things to say about my experience. It was really just my overall qualm with kind of your classic corporate, um, corporate world. Um, and yeah, so after that internship, I got that full-time offer. My parents were so proud of me. It's what they've always wanted, right? Like yeah. my parents are, were poor Chinese immigrants that came here and just struggled every day mm -hmm. of their lives for the past, you know, that at that point, 22 years of my life. And they were just so proud that like, Hey, this is, Kevin's going to be okay, right? Like he's going to be financially secure and, uh, you know, giving up that job was a very, was very tough on them. Obviously also tough on myself. Uh, but it just, you know, happiness and fulfillment is just something that I didn't want to sacrifice for even a moment, despite being young and inexperienced. 
Yeah, funny you say you went through a midlife crisis at 22. Yeah. <laughs> a lot Hopefully of it's not midlife. Hopefully it's not midlife. <laughs> right? I want a, a few more of... years than 44. Would you, uh, would you say you were lucky that you did this so, you know, so early on and not like 30, 40, 50 years old making this big shift? Yeah, 100%. So I don't, I don't really think it's that I was lucky. It's yeah. more of just I'm very happy with myself that I was able to have the confidence to make such a difficult decision, especially because when I decided to quit, you know, I didn't have anything going for me. It wasn't like, oh, I was making millions of dollars and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, no brainer. I'm going to give up my job. It was literally, I was losing money on my e-commerce business, like no clear path forward to, to generating any sort of sustainable results or income. And I just, I decided to give it up. And I think that major decision really, really just like change the psychology of, of how I live, right? Like I, I can believe in myself, you know, like I can make decisions for myself, even if it's overwhelming, even if yeah. the rest of the world thinks I'm wrong. And I think that's a really, really good lesson to learn earlier in life rather than later. How did you, uh, this, this is what really bothers me. Like <laughs> I'm curious about how did you get past your parents at this point? Cause I know like being an immigrant myself, I don't think that would ever, ever run by them. Like I wouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to be very honest. I was always a very rebunctious kid, like uh -huh. growing up. I, I have a very, very crazy kind of story, even pre-college. Like I was not a very good student in high school. I was, I was caught cheating and I had to report that on my college applications. I was actually arrested in, in high school. I almost went to prison because I threw a massive party at my neighbor's house without their permission and completely trashed the place. Like literally got charged, you know, with residential burglary at age 17. So I was never your ideal immigrant child growing up by any means. So I think I always had that rebellious spirit in me and I was just channeling it in the wrong way until now. But for me, I think it just, it was very hard to, to disobey my parents because they've given me a life, right? Like they're the ones that bore the immigrant struggles, you know, like I remember my parents were on food stamps when I was growing up and I would see my mom, like she, she cleaned houses and also worked as a waitress less than minimum wage because she was an immigrant, just come home at like 4am and, and get back up at 7am to go back to work. And my dad was a PhD from China, but he was, you know, making minimum wage because he just couldn't get any better. No one respected the education he got wow. from the East. And, you know, it's, it's very difficult knowing your parents did this much for you and you're giving up financial security to do something in their eyes that was completely crazy and insane. But I just think at the end of the day, it's your life, right? Like yeah. you don't owe it to anyone. It was, it was my parents' decision to do those things for me and I'll forever be indebted, but it's, it's, it's no way to live living for other people. Right. And I think that's at the end of the day, what it came down to. And, uh, you know, obviously I got rewarded for making that decision, but it definitely wasn't an easy one. You know, you can imagine like there were very traditional Chinese immigrants, mm -hmm. like the tension at dinner while my business was struggling and I was living in their basement was just sometimes unbearable, but you know, all good things in life. You've got to, you've got to take some sacrifices to get there. What kept you going at that point? Cause I'm sure in your mind you almost broke at some point? Yeah. So I had credit card debt. I, it was this. Um, so basically I started flir uh, flirting around with e-commerce my last semester of college, okay. like not very seriously, but I was, I was very bored. Um, my, my long distance, like my girlfriend at the time, we mm -hmm. had a very serious relationship. 
she was studying abroad. So I just, you know, I couldn't go around and like mess around or anything or like party all day. And last semester of college is kind of, you structure your schedule to take like very easy classes, low hours, and kind of just like, it's your last hurrah before you sell your soul to corporate America, right? Oh, yeah. And with that extra time, I'm just someone that it's like, I'm like a, I'm like a meth addict when I don't have purpose, you know, it was like, I have this great job lined up for mm -hmm. me. And you know, my girlfriend is gone. I just, I was itching to do something. And I started experimenting with digital entrepreneurship and looking at the different opportunities and started doing e-commerce. And I'll never forget the day I got my first sale. Like I lost a lot of money to get it, right? It wasn't profitable at all, but I just remember on Shopify, which is the e-commerce platform that I use, it goes, cha-ching, when you get a sale, right? And I remember hearing that sound and it was just like heroin in my brain, you know, like, oh my God, I just convinced someone with my crappy website, my terrible, terrible advertisements, like the, the worst website you can think of. And, and I had no idea what I was doing on Facebook advertising, but like some real person out there just gave me their hard earned cash for one of my products. And I knew in that moment, that wasn't the last sale I was going to get. That was just the tip of the iceberg. So even when my business was doing terribly, I was, I was chasing that high, right? Like I knew every single day when I went to sleep, I always strongly believed the next day was the day I would make it, right? Mm -hmm. Like every single failure I made, I would learn from them and I would be like, okay, I learned not what not to do. The next day I'm going to try this different, different strategy or, or, you know, try this different price or try this different advertisement. And that's, what's going to make me a fortune. I strongly believed it. And it was almost, it was irrational in a way, right? Because all the results were indicating I was the biggest loser in the world, right? But I believed in it. No one else did. And I think it's, it's that irrational addiction to kind of getting it to work that mm -hmm. fueled me throughout that time. And I always knew, I always knew that like the risk isn't as high as people make it out to seem like I can always find a job, right? Like I can always go back to corporate America. It might not be the best job, yeah. but I'll find one and I'll, I'll work my way back up. But you know, when you're young and you have no responsibilities and obligations, that's the lowest level your risk will ever be at, right? Like the people that say they're going to wait to be an entrepreneur. That's my favorite. You know, if you can't even take a risk when you're young and you're used mm -hmm. to living broke anyways, because you know, as a college student, you're broke, right? You don't have expectations of a lifestyle. You're not accountable to a life partner. You're not accountable to a family. You're not paying down a mortgage and you still don't have the courage to take that risk. I'm gonna be honest. You're never going to take that risk. Right. And, and that's what I knew. So I knew like, even if I failed, uh, I, I would, I would find a way to go back to corporate America. It's always there for me. Right. So what I told myself was I have this credit card and there was a limit on there. Right. And uh, I said, I was going to run this limit to the maximum. If I still don't get results, I think it was like a $6,000, $8,000 limit on my credit card. If, if I don't get results by the time it maxes out, right, I'm going to go and beg for my job back. And uh, I, was, I was fortunate enough to have had everything click before that happened. And uh, yeah, m my life changed because of it. So you were fortunate enough to do it early on. What would you tell someone, though, that now is 30, 40, 50? 60 and they still have that itch and they're like, wow, I just, I just put in everything I had into this job. What would you tell them if they're itching? Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's about understanding what, what you value in life, right? Like if you die one day, which could be any moment in time, right? Life is unpredictable. Will you be happy knowing that you never scratched this itch? And that's something that 
only they can kind of answer for themselves, right? I always believe that the best time to start a business was yesterday, right? No matter what situation you're in, because what I can tell them is this, if you fail as an entrepreneur and let's say you give mm -hmm. yourself a time window and, and a real good shot. So for me, I told myself it was that credit card limit or a year, whichever came first, right? If you fail being an entrepreneur, now you'll go back to your job or go back to the corporate world or whatever industry you're in and you'll be the happiest person every single day at work because you know this is the best thing that you can be doing, right? I think the disservice that people do for themselves is they have that itch. They have that question of, oh, should mm -hmm. I have done this? Like maybe I would be better as a business owner. Unless you scratch it, you'll always feel that way. Like I knew if I failed as an entrepreneur or I didn't like the experience or it just simply didn't work for me, I would go back to the corporate world and I would be the best corporate foot soldier of all time because I know this is what I invest at, right? Yeah. This is my best shot at life because I already tried, I already scratched that, that itch and it didn't pan out. But, but don't you want to know that about yourself before you just decide a path and, and never veer off from it? I mean, it makes sense, right? <laughs> if, if only this message could get through to, the, to everyone you know, before it's too late. That's the goal, right? Keep spreading the message. But tell me this, how do you feel about school? Any regret with that? Would you have done it? Do you wish you kind of started earlier? So it, it's kind of, that's a very tricky question because I'm very glad I went to college, even though it was a very expensive one. Um, and I think it was a big privilege that I was able to do that. Um, I needed college because I needed to grow up. I was very immature in high school. So college for me, more than anything, it was just, a chance to be like a real person you know it was, it was kind of like the most expensive babysitting service of all time right like I needed to grow up in a controlled environment because I can be honest with you when I graduated high school I didn't have nearly the maturity that was necessary to be successful now I think the big problem is there's a lot of young people that are very mature that have all the right values that could be very very successful entrepreneurs and then do I think a quarter of a million dollars is a good use of their funds? Hell no, right? For me though, because I wasn't at that level, I needed college to really turn into a real person. I mean, I told you the problems I had in high school. I had a terrible work ethic, very, very bad sense of responsibility. College more than anything helped me just become a mature, like adult. Now, did any of the classes I take contribute to my success? Hell no. You know, did, did anything I actually like paid for outside of being there contribute to my success? Not really. Right. So I think that's the benefit of college, but obviously that's, that's a very expensive thing to yeah. pay for essentially a babysitting service. Right. Yeah. And that's how I view college, but I'm blessed to have been able to go. So would you have went maybe to a cheaper one if you had the option, like a local college? It really depends because I yeah. think because Vanderbilt is such like a competitive environment, it helped me grow up a lot faster and I had a lot of very positive influences from the people around me. So, I mean, hindsight is always 2020, right? Like if I had it my way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been as, as big of a, you know, idiot in high school. And yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have gone to college at all. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, if I could take everything back, I wouldn't have made a lot more mistakes. Right. So I think hindsight is always 2020 and I always tell people if I could take things back, even like some of the darkest decisions I've made and darkest moments in my life, I wouldn't. Because even if it had a tiny percentage contribution to the person I am now, 
I want to take that, right? And I think your soul is, is forced through fire and you need conflict in order to change as an individual. And I wasn't happy with the type of man I was in high school and I needed to go through some struggle and I need to go through college, I think, in order to get to where I am. But, you know, to answer your question more clearly, yeah, in a perfect world where, you know, I can assume I, I could be this person yeah. all the time, even back then, then of course, you know, I, I wouldn't have gone to college at all. You think, uh, would you have done e-commerce though? Like, is that something that you always wanted to do growing up or did it just fall into your lap? No, no. So my approach to entrepreneurship was very different. I think than most uh -huh. like when you think about an entrepreneur, most people think like it's this person that's so passionate about an idea and they're addicted to it. And they're just mm -hmm. like, okay, I need to, I need to show this to the world. And regardless if I fail or succeed, you know, this is my life calling. There is a bucket of people like that, like the founder of Nike, right? Like, like your Steve Jobs, right? Like Bill Gates, I, I, you know, I was watching his Netflix documentary. He knew he wanted to code ever since he was in third grade, right? Like he knew what he was destined for, regardless if he was going to fail or succeed. I didn't know that, right? What I cared about was I didn't give a crap about what I was going to do. I just needed a way that was going to make me financially secure and also make me happy and fulfilled. So I really didn't care what form of entrepreneurship I would pursue. I determined through research and it was just Google searches, right? Like you'll be surprised at how much information is just out there on the internet. Really? I determined that e-commerce was going to give me the yeah. highest chance of success by far because in 2018, what I noticed, and this is a crazy statistic in 2018, the share of all retail that was online was 8%. And just as a rational consumer, I thought, oh my God, surely this world is headed towards 50-50 one day, right? Like surely we're going to live in a world where half of people buy stuff online, half the people still want to go in person, right? And if that happens, whatever I'm able to build in 2018 will multiply by five or six times by the time it reaches 50-50, not because I'm smart or because I'm innovative, just because the market is growing that fast, right? And I think that's how I viewed e-commerce, right? And I saw that happen. In 2019, that number went from 8% to 17.5%. So, you know, and, and by 2021, they're expecting it to go to 50-50. So I can, I can lean back. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be more innovative. And my business will go from $20 million in sales to probably close to $100 million by the end of 2021, not because I'm any smarter or harder working, just because more and more people are entering the market. Is that, I mean, with that then, do you plan on making shifts, like being still younger and generating this much? Do you think you might get bored easier? Uh, no, I think uh, I'm in, I'm in e-commerce for, for the foreseeable future because mm -hmm. it's not slowing down anytime soon. And I'm a, what I do is I pursue opportunity, right? Like, you know, if, if I had to shovel poop and make, make the amount I'm making right now, I would go shovel poop. You know, it's like, for me, it's more about, the results, right? It's more about kind of what am I optimizing for? I think life is about, you know, I ask myself what, what means, what, what's yeah. a fulfilling life, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there's three dimensions to it. And I think life is all about being free. If you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, I think that's happiness. So I, I find that there's three dimensions of freedom. Number one, there's financial freedom. That's like being able to buy the things you want, the experiences you want. Number two is freedom of time. That's actually having the time to enjoy the things you really want to enjoy in life and also the time to kind of appreciate the rewards of your hard work, right? And three, the last dimension of freedom is freedom of determination. 
which is having the freedom to decide what you are doing each and every single day and also having full control of where you're headed and your destiny, right? Those three things mean a lot to me. And I, what I care about is optimizing for all three of those things. I don't really care what I do in order to get there. And e-commerce right now just happens to be by far the best opportunity to get there. Right. And, um, yeah, so, so I don't, I don't mess with any businesses that aren't passive. You know, I don't mess with any businesses that aren't sustainable or long-term, um, because of those three dimensions of freedom. So what would you tell someone right now, especially, uh, a lot of people are going through a very difficult time right now as we're filming, you know, as we're taping this, there's the pandemic is happening. There's still a lot of shelters in place. We've been going through something we never went through, you know, ever before. Crazy time. How does someone right now that got laid off, I have a bunch of friends that they got laid off for load and what do they do? Like, how do they search for the next big thing? Let's just say this is like their opportunity to finally try to dabble into a business. Well, how would you go about that right now based on your, your past experience? Yeah. So, you know, you'll be surprised at what a Google search can kind of bring you in terms of opportunity. I can tell you, like, I found out these stats about, I looked at a lot of options. I looked at like social media marketing agencies. I looked at like credit repair. You know, I looked at like Forex trading, you know, stock investing, day trading, like every form of entrepreneurship you've ever been pitched by like a guru. I looked at right now. I looked at it with wide open eyes. Like I looked at what are the risks? What are the rewards? Like, what is the likelihood of success? For example, day trading and investing. I told myself, I was like, okay, if Warren Buffett, who is a billionaire and very, very experienced, as experienced as anyone in the stock market, if he's happy with a 10, 12% return, and not only is he happy with it, that's ecstatic performance. Who the hell do I think I am that I can turn $10,000 to like a million? Like, no, right? That, that doesn't, I don't care what these gurus are telling me. It's like, that logically does not make any sense, right? Because there are people that have been living and breathing stock market for, for decades, yep. right? That can't get those returns. So clearly there's something off there. For, for an exchange trading, same thing. I'm like, okay, if, if the world's best investment banks, the world's biggest financial institutions that have access to the best cutting edge technology and thousands and thousands of brains from the smartest places in the world, and they're not making this type of return on foreign exchange trading, like, who the hell do I think I am, right? Now, I, I did that same level of analysis, but e-commerce was like, whoa, you know, this market is light, right? It is growing, and it seems like no one knows what they're doing because mm-hmm. there's no way you can learn Facebook ad strategy at university, right? There's no one teaching Shopify web design at university. It seems like there's very low competition. The market is freaking explosive. That's the space that I want to play in, right? Yeah. So. My advice to your friends is to do that research, that due diligence, and in fact, just kind of a more tactical point, because of coronavirus and people are staying indoors and avoiding public places, online sales and anything digital has just absolutely rocketed. Like We are seeing the same level of traffic every single day in the month of April as Black Friday and Cyber Monday of this past year. Every single day, because it's, it's like this. Retail is no longer an option. They're not competitors anymore. You either buy online or you're not going to buy at all, right? And there's a lot of people that want to buy stuff, right? So right now it's the perfect, perfect storm to do anything digital. We're seeing social media content consumption go through the roof, right? Zoom, look at what happened to Zoom stock price, right? Like huge example. We're seeing anything that has to do with staying at home, right? Stay at home fitness, you know, like home decor, 
kitchen kitchen supplies all of this stuff is just absolutely rocketing and so is e-commerce sales so I think it's about being strategic and being smart and understanding that with every major disruption that happens in the world there's incredible incredible opportunity if you're a proactive person would you say to this day though as of right now would you still get into e-commerce if you were fresh 100% I think mm -hmm. I, I really think you know I'm gonna tell you if the tech bubble was like the early 2000s you know for example the tech bubble when the internet was first blossoming there was nothing better to do with your time than to learn how to code a website right mm -hmm. like that was objectively the best use of your time the return on, on one hour learning how to code in the early 2000s was worth more than a thousand hours if you want to be like a lawyer or a doctor mm -hmm. even at the world's best sure. school right if, if I think e-commerce is kind of like the tech bubble and the tech bubble is the early 2000s I think right now e-commerce is still the early 90s so I think it's it's just getting started. Like I think the locomotive is just a part of the station, and there's I just don't think there's any better opportunity for my time right now than e-commerce. Like I don't invest in stocks. I don't invest in real estate. A lot of people at my income level and, and kind of my wealth level do those things. I don't because I know the best ROI for my time and my resources is e-commerce. And you drop shipping is probably the main approach you've taken, right? You don't like deal with any shipments yourself, do you? Yep. So drop shipping is basically like how you bootstrap your way into e-commerce. Mm -hmm. So that twenty million dollars in sales in year one, that was all on the drop shipping business model. Now that I've accumulated some more capital, you know, I have a skill set now, I have a pretty big team behind me. Now we're building kind of your your standard e-commerce brands that are non-drop shipping. Um, you know, but, but that's obviously something that's very expensive to do now that I have the money and, and the team behind it, I can pursue those things. But yeah, my start was through the dropshipping business model. If you had to make any, um, difficult decisions now with the virus going on, anything to do with the, with the job and your employees business, anything like that? No. So our, our business is doing very well with coronavirus. We're one of few, I guess, industries that hasn't gotten rocked by coronavirus. So if anything, I've, I've been hiring more and more people while people are getting laid off. I think there's just, I'm in a very, very lucky position because as coronavirus ends and we move into recession, I think everything I've ever wanted in my life is about to be on severe discount. You know, you're talking about real estate, you're talking about jewelry, you're talking about cars, yep. talent, especially talent is going to be on a severe, severe discount because of just <laughs> the state of the economy that we're entering in. Right. So I'm one of few people that has a lot of liquid cash right now whose business is doing better because of crisis and I'm capitalizing on it, right? So I'm hiring more. I'm rewarding my employees even more. And I'm always just someone that has a philosophy that, you know, if I get to eat, I got to make sure my team members are also eating. I'm never, I would never, ever, ever leave my team members out to dry. And coronavirus hasn't forced me to do so because if anything, it's been, it's been great for business. Have you gotten any negative feedback? Because I mean, obviously there's people out there that are like, oh, others are just taking advantage of the bad times and they're thriving now, blah, blah, blah. Like, have you gotten anything like that? And what did you tell them? No, I mean, obviously I do because there's always people that think in that negative way, but I, I don't really understand what that even means. You know, it's like, okay, when the internet came about, you know, did you blame Facebook for taking advantage of the internet? You know, like, when electricity came around, are you going to blame companies for putting lights on cars, right? Are you going to, you know, it's like when, mm -hmm. when these new te technological innovations come around, like 
what's with the blame? I'm, yeah, I am taking advantage. Of course I'm taking advantage. I'm not saying like, I like coronavirus, like God forbid, you know, like my mom is a nurse. Like I want it to end as soon as possible. You know, like I, I hate that thousands and thousands of people are dying, but it is going on. I have no control over it, right? I don't have like the hand of the heavens to change this virus. While it's going on, I'm gonna take advantage and I'm not doing anything unethical, right? I think it's very different than people that are price gouging hand sanitizers and price gouging masks. It's like, yeah, you know, screw those guys. That's terrible. You know, like people are dying and you're doing that. It's like, yeah, for those people, I, I completely understand the critique, but all I'm doing is I'm just, I'm taking advantage of opportunity, right? Like when the financial prices hit and real estate prices were at an all time low, how can you get angry at someone for wanting to buy real estate? They're just proactive, right? You know, like how can you get angry at someone for taking advantage of disruption, right? It's how can you get angry at someone for deciding to create Uber? Like, yep. hey, taxis kind of suck and they're kind of inefficient. And you know, sometimes they're a little creepy, right? And they're very expensive. Uber changed our lives. Mm -hmm. they, they took advantage, you know? It's like mm -hmm. if, if you're gonna blame every single person that takes advantage of something, good luck, right? sit back and watch other people take advantage then, you know? Um, but as long as you're contributing positive to the world, which I think I am, like people want to buy things and they can't go to the stores anymore. If anything, I'm providing them a way to buy something that they, that they want, right? Well, that's a good way to look at it. All right, Kevin. Uh, everybody, be sure to check out kevinzang.com forward slash learn. He's got a free um, e-commerce uh, branding bootstrapping program going on right now, a training for you, Kevin Zhang. Be sure to check him out. And now we are through the first segment of the episode. And I'm super pumped because we are on to our listeners' favorite segments where we get to learn just a little bit more about you and test you, see, uh, see how awake you are. Let's do it. So without further ado, Miro is out for this part of the episode. Peace. Nice talking to you. Welcome to the round with no name because they're all taken. But his evil twin, Miko, is here. <laughs> so be ready. You're going to have five seconds to initiate an answer. For every question, don't want you thinking too hard. Just want to know who is the real. Sounds good. Five seconds. Let's go. Here we go. Favorite book. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Classic. How to <clears throat> Favorite movie. Wolf of Wall Street. Ha. That's uh, a lot of finance talk. Makes sense. Makes sense. If you're about to be stranded on an island, can't bring a person, you can only bring one thing, what is it? I bring my smartphone, assuming it works. You want that solar panel charger on it probably too, right? If I give you 100 bucks right now, you got to return $200 to me tomorrow. How are you going to make that happen? I would buy something and try to flip it. Give an idea of what? I would say I would, oh man, what would I flip? Oh, I, I would go to some, I would go to some collectible store and, and try to flip something that's a collectible, like a baseball card or, or something mm -hmm. like that. And just try to convince someone else that it's worth $200. What if I gave you an unlimited amount of money and you could start up any business you wanted, cannot be your own though. What would it be? I wouldn't even start a business. I started a nonprofit. And I try to save the world. What kind of specifically? I, I was sort of a nonprofit aimed at providing education and skills training, uh, especially in the digital economy for people of lower income and just disadvantaged backgrounds. How do you drink your coffee? Black. Straight up? Straight up. 
What is your favorite app? Favorite app? Shopify. <laughs> Anything not e-commerce related? Favorite app? Oh, man. Um, I guess Instagram. And last but not least, who is or has been your favorite and your best mentor? Like person I've actually met, my father, um, role model that I really look up to, I would say Barack Obama. All right. You survived. Miko is out. Peace. Miro is back. Um, yeah, you uh, you handled Miko today. That was good. He's a, he's a tough one, but today he, he was a little light on you. You got everything out quick. It's almost like you were prepared, but you, but you weren't. But you weren't. So everybody, thanks, uh, thanks so much for uh, Kevin Zhang being on the episode today. I wanted to thank you as well personally. The mic is yours. If you want to share anything else with our listeners, um, here, here it is. Yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for, you know, having me on. It was great discussing with you. And I hope all the listeners had a, you know, had a lot of value from our conversation. I would say my big piece of advice is just don't doubt yourself because the world is changing at an incredible rate. And people that are supposed to be experts aren't really experts. I think my story is a testament to that. I had no experience. I was 23 years old, no connections, not a lot of money. And I was able to make something of that. And I think it's because the world is just changing. So if you don't like where you are, if you're feeling nervous about the times that are going on, if you're feeling unprepared, like you're feeling red flags coming up in your life, do something about it because I guarantee those feelings aren't going to weigh if you're just sitting around. And if you guys want to connect with me, my Instagram is at Kevin Zhang official, Z-H-A-N-G. So Kevin Z-H-A-N-G official. And if you want to learn about me, my business model, a little bit more about my story, go to kevinzhang.com forward slash learn. Yes, sir. Looking forward to catching up with you, seeing where the next year takes us and when this thing is 50-50 online versus uh, brick and mortar. That's going to be fun and exciting. We'll do a catch-up call at that point. Kevin, been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Awesome, man. Thank you. That is all for this episode of Boss to Boss. Your next step is to visit boss2boss.com where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step. Again, that is boss, the number two, boss.com. And remember, the time is now.